Matthew 21, and we'll read verses 1 through 11. Say this in the Word of God. And when they drew nigh unto Jerusalem and were come to Bethphage, unto the Mount of Olives, then sent Jesus two disciples, saying unto them, Go into the village over against you, and straightway you shall find an ass tied and a colt with her. Loose them and bring them unto me. And if any man say aught unto you, ye shall say, The Lord hath need of them, and straightway he will send them. All this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the prophet, saying, Tell ye the daughter of Sion, Behold, thy king cometh unto thee, meek and sitting upon an ass and a colt, the foal of an ass. And the disciples went and did as Jesus commanded them, and brought the ass and the colt and put on them their clothes, and they set them thereon. And a very great multitude spread their garments in the way. Others cut down branches from the trees and strawed them in the way. And the multitudes that went before and that followed cried, saying, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. And when he was come into Jerusalem, all the city was moved, saying, Who is this? And the multitude said, This is Jesus, the prophet of Nazareth of Galilee. Let us pray again together, please. Heavenly Father, again, we just come before you through the blood and name of Jesus Christ. And Lord, we are so thankful for the gospel. And Lord, we never want to, uh, to be uh, old to us or, or second, uh, 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 just a secondary thing to us. But Lord, we always want it to be a primary thing in our life, a primary thing that we enjoy telling others about. And something we are always thankful for. Lord, I pray if there's somebody here, listen, that hasn't believed on that gospel, Lord, that today would be a good day for that to happen, for them to turn and put their trust in the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Lord, uh, we thank you, Lord, that we can uh, meet together today. Again, thank you for those that are here, those that are uh, uh, listening. And God, we pray that you'd bless each one. God, you know the physical needs uh, among us. Lord, we thank of Sister Loretta Carpenter, and uh, you touch her today. Uh, uh, Brother uh, Pitt, uh, Sister uh, Myers, and uh, Lord, just uh, uh, others, God, among us that have uh, need there. And uh, Lord, we pray for our meeting coming up. Lord, we do pray for Brother Wade uh, Prime. Uh, Lord, as he's uh, preparing message, and Lord, prepare his heart, prepare our hearts. And Lord, that indeed we would be those that live with a passion for the passion, a passion for getting out uh, the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Lord, we want to love you. We want to love your word. Lord, we want to love uh, uh, each other. We want to love the souls of men. And so, God, I pray you'd keep that, that, as we talked about last week, keep that fire burning. Lord, we want to be a burning and a shining light to the honor and glory of the Lord Jesus Christ. Help us now today as we look at this portion of Scripture. Uh, dear God, may uh, what's done here today is uh, the songs, Lord, I think of that special, the other songs, dear Lord, uh, that they glorified you. And you again use these things to work in our life and to build your local church. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. And so uh, here uh, you see what's called uh, the triumphal entry, right? <laughs> and of course, I, I wrote that. That's the title, right? And I put a question, but I put a question mark next to it. You know, really, you know, it's called the triumphal entry. But then, you know, you look at it and I say, well, you know, uh, was it or, 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 uh, or, or was it just a thought there? But uh, look at verses 1 through 3 again. It says, And when they drew nigh unto Jerusalem and were come to Bethphage unto the Mount of Olives, then sent Jesus two disciples. And notice again, verses 2 and 3, saying to them, Go, go into the village over against you 
and straightway ye shall find, I like that, an ass tied and colt with her. Loose them, bring them unto me. Look at those thoughts in there. If any man say aught unto you, ye shall say, uh, ye shall say, look at this, the Lord hath need of them, and straightway he shall send them. I like, there's some good, uh, good thoughts in those verses. It says, the word tied, loose, bring them to me. Well, even right here, you know, you can look at this and find a gospel illustration uh, illustrated even by uh, these donkeys here. You know, uh, the, they were tied up, right? People are tied to sin, tied to the world, tied to their own uh, uh, desires. And you know what? They need to be loosed, amen, and brought to Jesus and used to fulfill Scripture. That's what he said. He said, go and ye shall find. That's, man, right there's uh, 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 the message. Hey, hey, we'll never find, amen, we'll never find that one that God wants us to witness to. We'll never find uh, the things that uh, God uh, uh, wants us uh, uh, to, be, to be a part of if we just don't go. He said, man, I wish I could find something to do, right? I wish I could find a way to serve the Lord. Well, hey, go, amen, and you'll be amazing. I was uh, uh, talking to somebody the other day, sharing my uh, testimony with them about uh, uh, through my life. And you know what? I said, listen, it has nothing to do with me. God said go, and that's all we did. We just listened to what he said, and we were amazed at the things that we found along the way. Amen? Look back over your life since, you know, you heard that call go, and you went out, and boy, you look back over the things that God let you find uh, uh, the way to bring honor and glory to him. And I like that verse 6, and it says, and, and did as Jesus commanded them. You know, that's what God always asking you to do. Amen. Just simply do. You know, I used to say in the military, I said, man, if you can't make it in the military, you can't make it anywhere. I mean, they, they tell you uh, what to do and they tell you how to do. Man, I didn't know you could fold socks so nice until I went in the military. Uh, don't ask if I still fold my socks like that. Amen. But they look good during that time during inspection. Amen. But they'll tell you how to do everything. All you got to do is just do what you're told. And, uh, you know, you'll come out looking like a, 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 a good soldier. They say, Stuart, man, you're a good soldier. I'd like I was like, not, not really. Uh, they're just bad soldiers, amen? Uh, all, all I'm doing is do what you told me to do. It's not like I did anything extra. I'm just doing what I'm told. And that's all God says, hey, man, hey, you, you want to look like a good Christian? Man, he's a good Christian. Oh, well, really, he's just doing what he's told, amen? And uh, you'll come out looking like a good Christian. But if you don't go, you won't find, you know? And again, people need help getting loose and being led to Jesus. I mean, look at these uh, uh, animals. He says uh, he knew where the animals were. Amen. Hey, listen. Listen, if you're listening today, you're here today. He knows where you are. He knew the condition of the animals. He knows your condition. Amen. He knows what you're tied to. Amen. And, uh, uh, and he had need of them. Well, that, that'd be a good way to start a conversation with somebody. Say, hey, I just come by to let you know the Lord has need of you. Right? He said, I have need of them. Well, that'd be a good way. Maybe start a conversation at that time. They say, uh, knock on somebody's door and just say, hey, I just want to stop by and let you know the Lord has need of you. Amen? The Lord wants to use you. The Lord has need. And it's true. You're telling the truth. Amen? Uh, uh, he has need of you. He has need of them. See, God was going to use these animals to fulfill 
Scripture. Think about that. Just these, you know, these, these two, two animals sitting there, they don't even know what's going on. They're just standing there. I don't know. I don't know what they think about. I don't know what they talked about, what they were standing there. But, you know, he just he wanted to use them to fulfill Scripture, and that's what he wants to do with you. He wants to use you to fulfill Scripture, right, uh, in serving him. And, of course, they were donkeys, and we know what they're known for, right? They're no, normally known for being uh, stubborn and difficult animals. So, hey, it was a miracle that uh, when these, uh, these uh, strangers came up, that they just willingly went with them. Hey, God has control of the animals. You know, uh, I just, just, just came to mind. You know the, uh, the, the story, well, I guess because I read it in uh, uh, Samuel here. Remember when the Philistines, uh, uh, they, they got a, the Ark of the Covenant and all those bad things started happening to them? And uh, uh, the princes of the Philistines said, hey, uh, put it on a car and put two kind, right? I think, you know, one with uh, 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 the baby there and, and, and take the other one back and just see if the kind just sort of wander off, right? Or if they, they, they you know, uh, uh, go down there hey, uh, and just look at the ark. But God, amen, he can control the animals. And so the Lord came in lonely, lowly uh, upon these donkeys. It says there uh, in verse 5, uses the word meek. If you read it in other accounts, right, talking about the word lowly. And boy, uh, 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 that's how the Lord came to us, and that's how we need to serve him, right? Think about this, the donkey before dignity, amen? The donkey before dignity, or you might say humility before honor, or, amen, uh, the cross before the crown. But here, notice uh, verse 5, okay? They went and they got the donkey, but notice verses 4 and 5, it says this. All this was done that it might be fulfilled, again, uh, we see a spot where Scripture is being fulfilled, a prophecy is to be fulfilled, which was spoken by the prophet saying, now notice verse 5. It's supposed to be giving the verse that's being fulfilled here. So let's read it. Tell ye the daughter of Zion, behold, thy king cometh unto thee, meek and sitting upon an ass and a colt, the foal of an ass. Does anybody know what uh, uh, verse is being quoted there? All right. Uh, let, let's have a quick sword drill. All right. Zechariah 9 9. That's in the white pages, right? That's near the end of the Old Testament. And the white pages, right? You know why I call it the white pages? Because nobody, it never gets dirty, right? People's fingers don't, they don't read that far. All right. Go. Come on. Zechariah 9 9. Let's read that verse. And I'm going to have a trivia question for you here. Zechariah 9, 9, if you're at home, amen. If you're at home, uh, stand up. Okay, all right, read that verse, David. All right, now did you notice, uh, now again, think about that verse, if you're Zechariah 9, and flip back over to verse 5. Again, it says, Behold, thy king cometh unto thee, meek and sitting upon an ass, and a colt, the foal of an ass. Do you notice anything, right, that what wasn't mentioned in that verse? What, what phrase is mentioned, not mentioned in that verse? Just. The word, he is just and having salvation. He, now listen, uh, this, they weren't quoting this verse. The Holy Spirit of God through the writers is giving this verse, right? He's saying this when he had him write this. And notice uh, 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 the Holy Spirit, when he quoted here, left out the words just 
and salvation. And I thought that was interesting that it leaves out the word just and salvation. Now, the Holy Spirit left out this part in quoting the verse, and I think it is because they, they saw him, right? They saw him as a king. They saw him coming into Jerusalem. They saw him riding uh, the ass, and they saw, the, they saw these things. But what they didn't see, that was the physical part of it. But the spiritual part of it is seeing him as just and as the Savior. What? This is a what? Messiah verse, right? Seeing him as the Messiah. They missed the spiritual part of it. <laughs> they saw him coming in, but they missed the aspect of him being the Messiah, right? They missed that part that, hey, this is him. Hey, this isn't just some guy coming in uh, uh, that's been stirring things up in Israel lately. But when you see him, you're supposed to see him as the just one, as uh, your Savior. But they missed that part of it when he was coming in. They missed that. And so uh, I think that's a, a significant thing. And you see that that bears out when you uh, read the rest of these verses. So uh, he's coming in. And let's look again at verses 6 through 9. And the disciples went, did as Jesus commanded them. Here it is. And brought the ass and the colt and put on them, notice this, their clothes. And they set him thereon. And a great, very great multitude spread the garments in the way. Others cut down branches from the trees and strawed them in the way. And the multitudes that went before and that followed cried, saying, Hosanna, the son of David. Blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Now, uh, this uh, story here, you'll find it in each one of the Gospels uh, when, you, when you read about it in John 12. Now, there it mentions about them cutting down uh, branches of trees, but in John 12, 13, it says this. They took branches of palm trees. They tell us what kind of branches they were. They took branches of palm trees and went forth to meet him and cried, Hosanna, blessed is the king of Israel that cometh in the name of the Lord. So that's where they get the term of, you know, uh, some people calling this uh, palm a Sunday. And the palm, of course, is an emblem of joy and victory in the Bible. It's an emblem of joy and victory. You see, uh, notice this in Revelation 7, 9. It says, After this I beheld, and lo, a great multitude, which no man could number, of all nations and kindreds and people and tongues, stood before the throne, before the Lamb. Right? Here, Jesus again. And clothed with white robes, of course, his righteousness, and palm in their hands. They say, see that? You see these uh, plants uh, in heaven, right? And saying that, now there they were recognizing him correctly, right? And uh, uh, that they had received joy and victory. And then you see them throwing their garments uh, down, throwing uh, uh, people throwing their garments down. Uh, 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 or throwing them upon the animal and then throwing them down before people. This was a sign of honor and respect to leaders and kings and conquerors uh, in those times. Uh, let me give you an example of that in the Old Testament. You remember when Jehu, uh, I mean, when, when Elisha, when he anointed Jehu, and let me read that to you just to uh, give you the thought that this was a, a practice. Uh, 2 Kings 9.11 says, after, just after he got anointed by Elisha, says, Then Jehu came forth to the servants of his Lord, and one said unto him, Is all well? Wherefore came this mad fellow? That's what they called Elisha. And he said to them, Ye know the man and his communication. And they said, It is false. Tell us now. And he said, Thus and thus spake he to me, saying, Thus saith the Lord, I have anointed the king over Israel. And how did they respond? Then they hastened. 
hasted and took every man his garment and put it under him on the top of the stairs and blew a trumpet saying, Jehu is king. So you see that that was a custom them, a way to show honor, a way to show respect. Now, uh, we don't do that uh, uh, too, too much. Not too many people I'm going to throw my suit jacket for, and I would for the Lord. Amen. But, you know, that's a custom. Today, people throw flowers when they have parades. They throw something. And so this was a sign of honor and respect. And then, of course, they're shouting, Hosanna. They're shouting, Hosanna, which means, now this is what's interesting. When, when the Holy Spirit quoted what was going on here, and quoted the verse that they were fulfilling. He left out just and salvation. But yet they're using the word Hosanna. And what does the word Hosanna mean? It means save now, help now, save we pray. They're, they're, in one sense, they're crying out for help. They're crying out for salvation. They're actually uh, 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 quoting uh, uh, verses from Psalm 118, verses 25 and 26. Psalm 118, 25 and 26, which say this. Save now, I beseech thee, O Lord. O Lord, I beseech thee, send now prosperity. Psalm 18, verse 26. Blessed be he that cometh in the name of the Lord. We have blessed you out of the house of the Lord. So really, that when they're, what they're saying is a reference to a psalm. And that was a custom that uh, uh, during the, uh, the time of, of uh, uh, the Passover sacrifice, when the crowds came to Jerusalem, crowds would go out there and greet other people and quote psalms. So it's interesting that they say, save now, but yet they didn't recognize him as the Savior. <laughs> they said, save now. Why? Because as we'll see in a moment, they were looking for a different kind of salvation at this time. They recognized him as a king, but not as the king. They were looking for a Savior, but not the Savior, the uh, Messiah. And you'll notice this by the way they respond in verses 10 and 11. Trying to hurry up here, it says, And when he was coming to Jerusalem, all the city was moved and said, Who is this? And the multitude said, This is Jesus, the prophet of Nazareth of Galilee. Now look at this. Who is this? Right question. But they gave the wrong answer. Right, hey, the right question is, Who is Jesus Christ? Who is he really? And what can he really do for me? Hey, I'm glad you asked that question. That's the right question. Amen. And people need to know the answer to that question. But unfortunately, a lot of people out there in this world, they're looking for a savior. They're looking for help. Uh, and listen, uh, but listen, unfortunately, they're asking, though they're asking the right question, they're getting the wrong answer. Boy, that's our job. That's why God established the church. Our job is to give people the right answer to that question and let them know who Jesus Christ really is. Oh, man. Uh, wouldn't you just love somebody to walk up and say, hey, who's Jesus? Who's Jesus? Oh, man, I'm so glad you asked that question. But unfortunately, a lot of people out there are giving the wrong answer to the right question. And boy, here you see an example of Israel's spiritual blindness. You, you know, we use the term uh, selective hearing. Sometimes us husbands get in trouble for that, right? <laughs> a lot of teenagers, right, have that problem, right, uh, are diagnosed with selective hearing. I noticed the girl smiling over here, right? Uh, selective, selective hearing. Well, you might say the Jews, they suffer from, I thought about this when I was reading this, uh, they didn't just suffer from selective hearing, they, they suffer from selective sight. <laughs> they saw what they wanted to see. They saw it, but they missed what they needed to see. Unfortunately, a lot of people, right, they come into church or they read the Bible. Unfortunately, they see what they want to see, but they miss what they need to see. And this is what happened, I think, to Israel that day. You see, they wanted to see, they wanted to see something more than they wanted to know something that day. They wanted to see something more than they wanted to know something that day. 
Boy, that's why uh, uh, a lot of these churches, right, they can pop up overnight, man, just have a crowd. Why? Because people come there, they're entertainers. Why? Because people, right, they want to, they, oh, they don't mind throwing the name of Jesus around, right, and all those things, right? But you see, they're there to see something more than they are to know something. That's why if they get real preaching, right, <laughs> a lot of times uh, they, they, they leave those churches because people want to see something more than they want to know something. That's why he had a crowd this day. Because people want to see something more than they want to know something. You see that when you look at the account in Luke and in John. Uh, let me give you a, a verse in Luke 19, 37. When you look at this account, it says this. But when he was nigh, even now at the descent of Mount Olives, the whole multitude of disciples began to rejoice and praise God with a loud voice. Boy, that sounds exciting. Boy, they're shouting Hosanna. They're throwing their garments down. They're waving the palms. Man, this looks like an exciting thing. This looks like an exciting opportunity uh, going on. But listen, why were they really there? Why? For all the mighty works that they had seen. Why? They wanted to, because they wanted to see more of that. They wanted to see something that day more than they wanted to know something. Amen? They were there because of the mighty works. As a matter of fact, what, what had happened not too long before this, right? Uh, uh, in John 12, you have this account in John 12, right? Well, what happened in John 11? The raising of Lazarus is what happened in John 11. And so in John 12, right, it talks about Lazarus. When you read this account, it says this, the people therefore that was with him when he called Lazarus out of his grave and raised him from the dead, bear record. For this cause, the people also met him. Why were they there? For this cause, the people, because they wanted to see something more than they wanted to know something. For that they heard that he had done this miracle. Oh, man, people are all excited about Jesus. Well, you better uh, find out why they're excited about Jesus. Oh, people want to know Jesus. Do they really? What do they want to know about Jesus? You know, uh, that's why, you know, uh, uh, a lot of times even I go to other countries. You know, and the thing is, you got to put things in perspective. You know, when I first went to Eastern Europe, yeah, you could get a crowd real easy, Right? You can get a crowd real easy. You go to a lot of countries, you can get a crowd and say, man, look at that. Uh, and, and it is exciting at least to be able to talk to that many people. It is exciting to be able to hand that many tracts. But really, if you put a lot of those things that uh, uh, even missionaries sent back sometime in context, you know, you got to find out why they were there. Because a lot of times, once the preacher really gets down to preaching, once he really starts beating the church, amen, that same crowd isn't showing up as much because they're coming to see something more than they want to, uh, to know something. But you see, what was going on here is concerning Israel. This was their last chance, I believe, as a nation, at least while Christ was on earth, right, to, to recognize him for who he really was and is. This was their last chance as a nation to recognize Christ for who he really was while he was on earth. And they blew it. You know, you need to realize, hey, one day is going to be your last chance. People need to realize one day is going to be your last chance. And people think, well, your last chance is when you die. Not necessarily. God doesn't promise you another opportunity to hear the gospel. Amen. You're fortunate for those of us that have heard the gospel more than once. You know, I'm, I'm thankful. You know, I heard the gospel a lot growing up. But I'm thankful, amen, that I got to hear it again at the age of 22. You see, uh, uh, May 19, 1987 was the first time I heard the gospel, uh, but thank God it was the day I believed the gospel. <laughs> That's what made the difference. It's not how many times you've heard the gospel, it's when did you believe the gospel. It's not how many times, hey, they'd seen Jesus, but amen, when did they believe on Jesus for who he really was? 
And so part of the tragedy here, I believe, is they, listen, they were not recognizing, for, recognizing him for who he was. They were recognizing him for whom they wanted him to be. Did you catch that? They weren't really recognizing him for who he was. They were recognizing him for whom they wanted to be, right? Uh, and, and Jesus knew that they didn't get it. Jesus knew they didn't get it. That's why they, that they were missing their opportunity. That is why he wept over the city as he entered. Boy, you see him weeping. The shortest verse in the Bible is John 11, right? Uh, 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 Jesus wept. But he, listen, he just wept maybe a little bit there, but he wept over Jerusalem as he was coming in because he knew, hey, here's your opportunity. Hey, uh, here's your Zechariah 9.9. Not only do you need to see me coming in, not only do you need to see the physical part of this, you need to understand the spiritual part of this. How am I coming in? The Bible tells you this is how you're supposed to recognize your Messiah. Are you going to believe the Bible? You see, that's the thing, the Word of God. Are you going to believe the Bible? The Bible is there. And if you'll believe the Word of God, you'll see the truth of the Word of God. You'll see it, amen? You'll see it. And they missed it. And look at uh, Luke 19. Flip over to Luke 19 uh, quickly, and you see where they missed it. And so he wept over the city. Luke 19. And uh, beginning in verse 41, but this is the scene uh, coming in there. And it says, and when he was come near, he beheld the city, right? He's coming in Jerusalem. What did he do? And wept over it, saying, if thou hadst known, even thou, at least in this thy day, the things which belong, look at this, which belong unto thy peace, but now they are hid from thine eyes. See, <laughs> they had selective sight. For the days shall come upon thee that thine enemies shall cast a trench about thee and compass thee round and keep thee on every side. Look at this. Notice verse 44. Jesus given a prophecy here. And they shall lay thee even with the ground and thy children within thee. And they shall not leave thee one stone upon another because thou knewest, look at this, thou knewest not the time of thy visitation. Thou knewest not the time of thy visitation. And we know this happens in A.D. 70, right? This is when, when uh, uh, Jerusalem uh, is leveled. So here's the thing. They, 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 they were not recognizing him for who he was, but recognizing for whom they wanted him to be. Boy, that's a problem because, you know, as we'll see, what were they looking for? They were looking for a king, but they were looking for a king that was going to overthrow the Romans, Right? That's what they were looking for. They were looking for somebody to deliver them from physical bondage. They weren't focused on the, on the spirit. And that's what most people are looking for. They're looking for immediate relief, amen, when they need eternal relief and forgiveness of their sins and salvation through the Lord Jesus Christ. And that's the problem. A lot of people recognize Jesus and God. Hey, there's a lot of people uh, worshiping God around the world today. A lot of people are worshiping God around the world today. A lot of people are even uh, 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 worshiping Jesus today. Hey, didn't we do many things in your name? A lot of people are recognizing Jesus today. But the problem is they're not recognizing for who he really is. They're recognizing for whom they want him to be or for what they're working in life. You talk about, well, my God is not a God of judgment. My God uh, is a God of love. Hey, uh, uh, God is love, but love is not God. And listen, you can't appreciate the God of love unless you appreciate the God of judgment, the God that is holy and the God that hates sin and the God that deals with sin and the God that died for sin. 
So listen, uh, it isn't about who you want Jesus to be. It's not about who you want your God to be. It's about who he really is. Amen. He is the Savior. He is the King of kings. He is the Lord of lords. He is the only way. He is the only truth in life. And he's the only one that can help you and say, listen, uh, all this good stuff, you know, I mean, uh, uh, it's good to get excited about Jesus. Hey, but I don't want people just to get excited about Jesus because he's coming into town. I want to get excited about Jesus because they recognize and understand who he really is and what he really did for them and what he really can do for them, amen, through the power of his gospel and the power of who he is. So the thing isn't, so the question isn't just do you believe in God, but do you, do you, do you believe in God for who he really is, the creator, amen the all-powerful one, the almighty one, the omnipotent one, the omniscient one, the omnipresent one. Do you recognize God for who he really is? And Jesus. You know, a lot of people recognize Jesus, but to most people in the world, Jesus is no different than Mahatma Gandhi. Jesus is no different than some other uh, great guy that, that influenced their nation. You know, Mandel in South Africa. Pardon me? Nelson Mandela. Right. Yeah, I mean, to them, you know, Nelson Mandela, you know, Mahatma Gandhi. Yeah, these people had influence on their nation. But to them, Jesus is just another great teacher, another great guy. That's not enough. It's not enough. You got to recognize him for who he really is. Just like the woman at the well. Hey, uh, how did she recognize him? Well, hey, uh, she recognized him for what she wanted to see, a man. <laughs> she was used to recognizing men, right? And so what'd she see? She, she didn't see him for who he really was. She saw him for what she wanted him to be at the time, just a, a, a man. And then she, then she got talking a little bit. So, well, man, this guy's pretty good, man. He's a, <laughs> are you greater than our, hey, he's a great man. Boy, then she talked a little bit more and said, man, uh, uh, are, you, are you a prophet? Hey, she kept elevating who she, who, she, who she thought he was or who she wanted to see him is. But you know what? It had no, as a man, it had no impact. As a great man, it had no impact. As a prophet, it had no impact. But then when she finally recognized him, not just for who she, she, she wanted to see him as, but who he really was, he was the Messiah. You know what? She dropped her pot and she said, man, I got to go tell somebody about this. And boy, that's our prayer, amen? Not just that people uh, 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 recognize God and recognize Jesus and, and that, you know, uh, people don't fight with us about Jesus, but that we want people to recognize him for who he really is. And unfortunately, they didn't recognize him for who he really was that day, and it caused him to weep over the city. You see, unfortunately, Israel was looking for a physical salvation, not a spiritual one. So though it might have been a triumphal entry, it had a tragic end. You see, it's not about how you start, it's about how you end. <laughs> you know, hey, uh, uh, the meeting, you might say this, the meeting started pretty good, amen? <laughs> we're we're going to have a meeting in town. The meeting started pretty good, but it didn't end very good, right? Because it ended up with the crucifixion. Now, I'm putting this in the context of, 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 of Israel, right? Now, in that sense, what they missed out on. So Israel, Israel had a great spiritual privilege, right? Israel had a great spiritual past, Here's what you need to realize. Israel had a great spiritual past. We know that, God's people. They had a great spiritual privilege because they were the ones with the word of God. Right? So they had a great spiritual past. They had a great spiritual uh, uh, privilege. But you got to remember this. A great spiritual privilege and a great spiritual past doesn't guarantee a healthy spiritual understanding in the present. 
can't live off your past. Can't live off the blessings of the past. Amen. You got to stay up to date spiritually. They, they were living off their past. They were living off what they, their privilege. That's what they'd been living off. Their past, their, their past walk with God, the privilege that they have with God. And you know what? They miss the present blessings of God. Boy, what should that tell us? We need to stay up, amen, on our spiritual condition. Just because God's been good to us in the past, just because he's blessed us, amen. But here's the question. Are we up to date, if you will? Are you caught up, amen? Or do you need to catch up spiritually? So they asked, who is this? Who is this? And think about this. Here's this great entry into Jerusalem. The, the city is moved, and then people ask, who is this? And look at the answer they get. The prophet of Nazareth of Galilee is what they get. Good question. I mean, what, what an answer. What an answer. I thought about this. I don't know if this is a good illustration, but it's what, what came to my, my mind. I, thought, I, I said, you know, that would that, 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 be like if, if, if the President of the United States... Let's just say he was from South Carolina. Man, he comes rolling into town. Oh, man, hey, he's coming in, man. You know, everybody's excited. We're, you know, the president's coming, man, and we're, we're all going to see we're all excited about the president. And all of a sudden, go, who's that? I don't know, some guy from Pickens. <laughs> some guy from Pickens. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You know, no, well, wait a minute. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, maybe he's from Pickens, but come on. He's the president of the United States. Uh, yeah, yeah, maybe he's from Galilee, but he's Jesus. He's God in the flesh. Amen. He's the Redeemer. He's the Savior. Oh, listen. Uh, are you recognizing him for who he really is? You see, in, unfortunately, within a few days, within a few days, right, they go from Hosanna, saying Hosanna to crucify him. Because the right answer should have been, they should have said, Zechariah 9.9, hey, man, he is not just one coming in on those animals there. He is the Messiah. He is the just one. He's the Savior. That should have been the answer. He wasn't there to get rid of the Romans. He was there to get rid of sin. That's why he was there and to rule and reign. And so in a few days, they go from Hosanna to crucify. So here, here they are, amen. So he says, son of David. They called him the son of David, and they know the son of David is what's supposed to be king. But yet, look what they say later in John 19, 50. But they cried out, away with him, away with him, crucify him. Pilate said unto them, shall I crucify your king? And what they answer? We have no king but Caesar. Be careful what you ask for. You see, back over there in Samuel, they said, give us a king. Well, they got one. They said, give us a king, and then they end up saying, we have no king but Caesar. <laughs> you better be careful what you ask for, right? You better be careful what you ask for. God's liable to give it to you. So, but I want to say this. So, as far as, we call this the triumphal entry. Well, if you put it in the context of prophecy and all those things for the nation of Israel, in that sense, it wasn't a triumphal entry. Because what happened? They turned around and crucified him. But if you put it in the context of our salvation, amen, it was a triumphal entry, <laughs> right? If you, take it, if, you just, if you take it away just from only the focus of Israel, which they should have recognized as the Messiah, amen, when it comes to us, it was a triumphal entry because here comes our Savior. Here comes our Savior, amen? He's coming to Jerusalem, right? He, he, set, he set his face toward Jerusalem, right? Not just to be the King of Israel, amen, but to be our Savior and our Redeemer. So in the big picture, it was a triumphal entry, not just for the Jews who missed their Messiah, but for the sinner whose Redeemer was coming to Jerusalem to give his life for their sins. Now, one day he will have a triumphal Israel, a triumphal entry into Israel, and they will recognize him, 
Zechariah 14.4 says this, And he shall stand in that day upon the Mount of Olives, which is before Jerusalem on the east, and the Mount of Olives shall cleave in the midst thereof toward the east, toward the west, and there shall be a very great valley, and half of the mountain shall remove toward the north, and half of it toward the south. Verse 9 of Zechariah 14, And the Lord shall be king over all the earth. In that day shall there be one Lord, and his and his name one. Revelation 19, 11 says, And I saw heaven open, and behold, a white horse, and he that sat upon him was called Faithful and True, and in righteousness doth he judge and make war. Verse 17 of Revelation 19, I saw an angel standing in the sun, and he cried with a loud voice, saying, To all the fowls that fly in the midst of heaven, come and gather yourselves together unto the supper of the great God. He's, he, he, he's coming down. One day he is going to enter Jerusalem, amen, and he's coming with a big crowd that's going to uh, welcome him. That's going to be, amen, uh, the saints coming back with him, but one day he will have a true triumphal entry. Thank God one day uh, they Israel will recognize him. I love that verse in the Bible that says, talking about how the heart of Israel still has a veil over it, but then it says, nevertheless, when it shall turn, talking about the nation of Israel, uh, the nation of Israel, what a beautiful thought that is, that one day Israel will recognize him, but unfortunately on this day they didn't recognize him. And so as we saw before, when they were crying Hosanna there, they were quoting from Psalm 118. Now, they quoted verses 25 and 26, but they should have been quoting verses 22 and 23 as well. And you know what's interesting? They were quoting verses 25 and 26, but later in that same chapter, the Lord quotes verses 22 and 23 in verse 42. Look at uh, uh, Matthew 21, verse 42. It says this, Jesus saith to them, did you never read in the scriptures? Now here they were, now what's funny, he said, did you never read in the scriptures? They had just been quoting from Psalm 118. They had just been quoting from Psalm 118. And now he's getting ready to quote from Psalm 18. But you see, they skip some verses. It says this, did you never read the stone which the builders rejected? The same has become the head of the corner. Look, this is the Lord's doing and is marvelous in our eyes. He said, listen, he said, look, here, here, here you're quoting from Psalm 118 about Hosanna, but if you, if you would have uh, just went up a couple verses, amen, maybe you would have understood what a marvelous thing was going on before your eyes. Hey, you saw Zechariah being fulfilled, but because you missed it, you missed out on the just and the, and the Savior, you see, and what, 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 what an amazing thing that is. You see, uh, 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 he, they, they missed out. So you know what this shows us? Quoting Scripture does not mean anything if you reject the one the Scripture is about. <laughs> you know, just because just you know the Bible. But if you don't have in context and you miss out on who Jesus is, I don't care if you, if you can quote this whole Bible, if you don't understand who Jesus really is and you don't see Jesus when you walk through this book, it means nothing. Quoting Scripture does not mean anything if you reject the one the Scripture is about. Amen? The written word has no effect outside of the living word. And so here they call this the triumphal entry. Well, in one sense it was. If you, if you put it in the context of Israel, well, it ended up not being such a triumphal entry. But if you did put it in the context of the gospel being fulfilled, it was a triumphal entry because it was the day, amen, the Lord was entering Jerusalem and the day, amen, the prophecy was going to be fulfilled concerning, concerling Scripture. But you know what? Uh, the, you know the Lord is still doing triumphal entries. Amen. Triumphal entries. Boy, the day that you got saved, the day that you got saved, do you remember the day? God, amen, Jesus, amen, had a triumphal entry 
into your life. Amen. Thank God. Amen. You didn't just recognize him. Amen. For, for uh, just what you were looking for in the sense of, uh, of some nice guy, some great guy, but you recognized him for who he really is. And that's the question. We say, oh, I believe in God. Oh, yeah, yeah, I know about Jesus. <laughs> Historically, maybe, or I know about Jesus. The question is, uh, amen, do you recognize Jesus for who he really is? That's the question. Boy, they, they saw Jesus, but they recognized him, unfortunately, for who they wanted him to be, some guy to come deliver him from the Romans, and they missed out on who he really was. Boy, so many people are missing out on who Jesus really was. Friend, amen, God wants to have a triumphal entry into your life today if you're not saved. Amen. But for that to happen, amen, you just don't have to just recognize that he's here. You have to recognize him for who he really is. Amen. And accept him for who he really is and believe on him for who he really is. Amen. Then you can enjoy a Palm Sunday. Amen. Then you can say, hey, amen. He's not just coming in, but he's coming in as the just one. He's coming in as the Savior. Amen. He did something that was marvelous. Amen. In my life today. So, my friend, do you recognize Jesus is here, but do you recognize him for who he really is? Let's pray.